This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Whenever I fish or hike in the Yellowstone ecosystem, I'm alert to two large threats to my well-being the Ursus arctus horribilis, and the puma concolor. Dave, I thought I'd use the Latin names so we wouldn't frighten our listeners by using the real names. <laughs> the grizzly bear and the mountain lion. Steve, you are the consummate intellectual and academician, so you did have to use those Latin yeah, names. Are you sure you pronounce them correctly? Right. Uh, no, I'm, I'm certainly not. Yeah, somebody who knows Latin. I took Latin in high school, but it's been a while, but... Uh, but good night. The first name, Ursus Arcus Horribilis. I mean, what a Horribilis, great name. Isn't that a great name? That is a wow. great name. Well, thankfully, we've never had a run-in with either one, but the danger is always there. And actually, I think they have come close a couple times. Uh, well, just last fall, uh, on one of our favorite places to fish near Hopper Run, we were walking across this muddy uh, channel that had been a channel but then had dried up but there was still some mud in there there's all sorts of tracks in there raccoon there looked like there was some uh uh coyote yep. tracks in there and then right there in the middle was a big old a grizzly, grizzly track. bear track and it was a, rem- <laughs> a very remote part of the yellowstone river it's not like oh hey just run back to the yeah parking lot and get a range four miles back in yeah man. so uh yeah so that was actually really sobering we were also uh, fishing on the gardener and ran across a big grizzly track as yeah. well. And yep. it was right on the trail where it was. That's what was really bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And f- kind of frightening. Right it was really fresh. Like it had yep. to be probably three, four hours. Yep. So yep. it's okay in the middle of the day, but in the, yeah. we were walking in at that one point, it was 6 a.m. in the morning. It was dark. And yep. there was all that scrub brush that we were yep. going around. And I remember we were s- not screaming, but shouting loudly just to make sure we're not yeah. coming up mm-hmm. on a grizzly. So yep. anyway. And yeah. that's to be expected, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, bears like to travel on saddles and ridges and game trails. And bad news for fly fishers, along water. <laughs> <laughs> in the spring and early summers, bears are often found in lower elevations and they love to catch fish when the spawning runs are going so the best places to fish often are the best places to encounter bears yep and we're hearing more about run-ins with mountain lions it seems at least it seems that anecdotally it's true yeah it is i mean last fall uh, i was uh at a faculty retreat out in uh, welch's oregon it's about 40 miles southeast of portland and uh Shortly after I got home, it turns out that there was a 55-year-old woman from Gresham, Oregon, who was killed by a mountain lion when she was hiking huh. in the Mount Hood National Forest, right there, right near Welch's. And it was uh, it was just within a couple days of when I was there. And the, the medical examiners ruled that her death was caused by the attack. In other words, it wasn't like she died from a heart attack and then... Mountain lion found her and and decided to you know to to, to maul her, but uh, she she was actually killed uh, by the mountain by lion. the mountain wow. lion. So wow, kind of a scary thing. Now we have to say this honestly: the threat of being killed by 
a grizzly or a mountain lion is statistically less than uh, dying from a rattlesnake, from a snake bite, rattlesnake or copperhead or water moccasin, or a lightning strike, or as somebody said, even uh, you know being killed when your your car hits a deer on the way into yeah. your fly fishing uh, day. But if you fly fish in grizzly bear and mountain lion habitat, you need to be careful. If you hike, if you hunt in these habitats, and we've done all three. You've got to take some precautions, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So, Dave, where, where would you start? What would you just say to somebody who's going to be uh, fly fishing and they run into a, a grizzly or a mountain lion when they're fishing or they're hunting or mountain biking, hiking, whatever it is that you're doing in the outdoors? The very first is not to run. I don't think that it's intuitive to run most often you're frozen when you see something. Yeah, yeah. I remember walking back last fall uh, from our favorite place in the Yellow, on the Yellowstone, and we saw this dark object in the middle of the trail up about, what, mm. 75 yards? Yeah. Big, furry, dark, and mm-hmm. it looked like a grizzly. Yeah, I know. And there was sage that was about probably knee high or just a little maybe thigh high, so yeah. you couldn't fully mm-hmm. see the shape of it. So we paused, and then it didn't move, it didn't move, and we inched a little bit closer and realized it was a big bison. Yeah. Now, a bison isn't a grizzly, mm-hmm. but it, it looked like mm-hmm. a grizzly the way it was laying yeah. there. You just mm-hmm. couldn't see it. So the tendency should not be to walk up on it either, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a tendency or not, but do not run. This reminds me of a story that you're... And I think that's... Well, let me back up. I think that's true with either... With both grizzlies and cougars. Yeah, it really is. Don't don't run. And you're right. Maybe you don't feel that tendency initially, but if they start moving towards you, you might want to run. That's true. That, that's that's, very that's true. probably when people uh, want to take off. That's Uh-oh, a better way I, to. I've got to get to out of here now. The yeah. story I remember is your brother Dave telling me recently. Well, it wasn't recently. It's probably what 20 years ago. He was out yeah. in Montana mm-hmm. 25 years ago. He's out bow hunting, and all he had was his bow. And uh, and a hunting knife to skin something, if or to to gut something, if he had had shot something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was coming back. It was dusk. He came around a little bend, and there were five, mm-hmm. count them, five mountain lions oh, lying man. in wait. Yeah. And I'm sure they must have thought it was uh, a calf or something. They were probably confused by the smell. He came around and he said, "There was nothing I can do. I had no firearm." And he said, I just stood there. He said, and over the course of about five minutes, each one slowly got up, turned around, and watched him as as it walked away. He said, so it took yeah. a little while for all Man. five to walk away. And eventually wow. they did, and he went on and, mm-hmm. and got home safely. But I think at that instant, if he had turned around and run, mm-hmm. that would have not been a good uh, moment for him. And I think... When it comes to bears, this is not as true with mountain lions, but especially with grizzly bears, don't make any aggressive movements. We'll, we'll come back to this when it comes to mountain lions. But, yeah, if, if you run, you're just say, hey, I'm prey, hey, I'm prey. Yeah, you know, chase me. Yeah, chase me and, and, and eat me. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, good place to start. Do not run. Jump at me from yeah. behind. Man, no kidding. All right, here's a second precaution. In the case of a mountain lion, make yourself look large and back away. Uh, The the National Park Service says that biologists surmise mountain lions don't recognize standing humans as prey. 
You know, on the other hand, a person squatting or bending over looks a lot like a four-legged prey animal. So if you're in a mountain lion habitat, avoid squatting, crouching, or bending over, even when picking up children, end of quote. (laughs) I'm not sure about that last one. I mean, that seems kind of like overkill, no, no pun intended. But, you know, really, I wonder if they mean when you see a mountain lion, but good night. You know, what are you going to do? Just try to keep a stiff back and reach over and pull up your child with all this arm strength that you have. Actually, think about having your backpacking with a child who's maybe Mm -hmm. seven or eight years old. Yeah. Probably better to stand in front of them rather than pick them up and and to look large. Boy, that's interesting, though. It makes you rethink uh, taking your children out on longer hikes. Yeah, it really does. Attempt to appear larger by raising your arms and opening your jacket if you're wearing one, and mm-hmm. wave your arms slowly and speak firmly in a loud voice. Yep. It, it's what's really interesting. They say also make eye contact. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because sometimes you think well, you don't want to do that with an animal, but uh, yeah, in that case, you you want to show them that that uh, you're in control. That that they need to be afraid of you. Now, this is not with a grizzly bear, okay? Okay, so this yeah. is for cougars only. Yeah, this is for mountain lions only. And I remember back in the, the late 80s when I was doing a lot of bow hunting in Montana, that was still the recommended procedure, and that was about the only thing I knew about mountain lions. So I know I've shared my story before, but I ran into a mountain lion when I was bow hunting with a friend. In fact, it was... It was probably half a mile from where my my brother Dave was. We were hunting in the same drainage up the West Fork of of Mill Creek. It was in the Beartooth Absorkey Wilderness area. And just I'll, north of Yellowstone. Yeah, so just north of Yellowstone Park. And I remember uh, I was <clears throat> we were at the top of a ridge, a friend and I, and I was kind of looking down into this drainage, and I was bugling and or cow calling with my elk call, and my friend said, "Hey." you know, turn around and look slowly. And I, I was thinking, oh, great, you know, a, a bull. <laughs> so I turned around, and here's a mountain lion sitting up in its haunches. And that was the first time that I had seen any more than a tail. You know, usually the, I'd run into mountain lion, I would you'd scare one, and you just see it disappear. Well, thinking, my goodness, what do we do? And and I, I do remember that advice, kind of make yourself look large and back away. So that's what we did, and that crazy mountain lion followed us for about a quarter of a mile. And when it stopped, huh. we stopped. And the only thing I can figure out was that we were near a den that, that probably you know, was a female guarding a den, and so wanted to make sure we left. But uh, I remember at the time, too, so f- even walking backwards, I was facing that lion. I mean, one of us always had an eye, eye on her, and... and you know, finally, we didn't see her anymore, and that was almost more disconcerting. It's kind of like, right. well, the mountain right. lion leave, or is it circling <laughs> yeah, to, exactly. you know, to pounce on us? Coming or, or at you what? from another but, direction. But even then, and, and the National Park Service still says, make yourself look uh, large. So and, in the instance of a mountain lion, it's important, in a sense, to look at them, yeah. to make mm-hmm. yourself appear large, right. in a sense, almost to appear threatening right to be threatening and intimidating which don't even try that with a grizzly yeah now there's something else dave that we probably ought to add to that well another good point here is that if you're attacked by a mountain lion and this is 
uh, continues our thread talking yeah. about the mountain lion. If you're attacked by one, fight back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If attacked by a grizzly, the advice is to get into the fetal position and cover your neck and arms with your hands. Obviously, those are your vulnerable, <laughs> vulnerable parts. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. be as still as you can. Yeah. Maybe while also reaching for your uh, bear spray if yeah. you have it. But that's different in kind from if you're attacked by a mountain lion. So this is yeah. actually what. Uh, what what the National Park Service says about mountain lions. So it says this, a hiker in Southern California used a rock to fend off a mountain lion that was attacking his son. Others have fought back successfully with sticks, caps, jackets, garden tools, and their bare hands. Since a mountain lion usually tries to bite the head or neck, try to remain standing and face the attacking animal. It's kind of like the same with dogs. You know, I've, Absolutely. I've learned that with dogs. Did I ever tell you this? I was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming one year and was camping with some friends. You might remember Chuck Myers. And, oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, Chuck and I were, we were in this campground, and we decided to uh, kind of cut through. I don't know. Well, no, we were just walking along this road by a – there were a couple of ranch houses. We were heading to this little country store, and – and anyway, there was a house that uh, we walked by. A couple Dobermans come running out. Whoa. Oh, great! So one thing I did was, is I kept, you know, I kept facing those. They kept trying to get behind us, and we just kept facing us, and we'd back up, and they'd circle around. And, wow! And yeah, finally we. We we passed it and went to the store. Then we had to go back and thinking, <laughs> oh great! <clears throat> but they they didn't come back out <laughs> on the way back. But it's really the same thing with the mountain lion. You you've got to you've got to keep them in front of you. Don't let them get behind you. Well, there was a story just this fall. I think it was late October or November. It was in Colorado. I think just west of Fort Collins, where a I think runner. You're right. Yeah was running, doing some trail running, and was attacked by a juvenile cougar, and he fought back, eventually strangling the cougar Man, wow. and killing it. So it was a juvenile, and they, it was a juvenile mountain lion, and so probably mm-hmm. didn't have a sense, you know, its judgment probably wasn't, yeah. but it mm-hmm. may have been hungry, Yeah, and mm-hmm. if it had been a full-grown mountain lion, they said there he, had ne- he would have never killed yeah. it and strangled Man. it. And it, it may have been even a bit mm. emaciated, but mm. he ended up killing the mountain lion and, and essentially saving his life. So yeah, fight wow. back with cougars and with mm-hmm. with grizzly bears. It's get into the fetal position yeah. and protect your your neck and your head. Exactly. And we realize if you're fishing in Colorado, you don't have to worry about grizzlies. I, th- I think there's been a story or two over the years about a grizzly that migrated south from uh, from Wyoming, but that's one thing I love about the Colorado Rockies. You don't have to worry about grizzlies, but mountain lions, uh, you yeah, do. For sure. So, yep. yeah, keep that in mind. Okay, here's another uh, uh, strategy for staying safe when you're fly fishing in uh, habitat for grizzlies and mountain lions, and that is fish with a friend. And I know it seems obvious, but you're less likely to be attacked by a mountain lion if you're in a group. And uh, two fighters are better than one if you do. And with grizzlies, uh, you know, two people are likely to make more noise and one can use bear spray uh, like my friend Dave did 
when his hunting buddy was mauled by a bear. And I told that story before, but it probably bears worth uh, repeating. Uh, We, my friend Dave and I hunted a time or two in the uh, in not, Taylor Fort. Not this day. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, I, I know so many Daves. How every every Your brother, second, me. I know every a generational. Name. Yeah, every second person that I <clears throat> fly fish with, every I was going to say every odd person. You know, the even numbered people have a name like Steve, but the odd people. No. Yeah, that yeah. Just cuts deeply, yes, my friend. That's right. I'm sorry, but yeah, this is another. This is another Dave. Man, I think of about six Daves that I fly fish with. Dave Cumling, Dave yeah, Matthewson. That's right. Dave, Dave Getz, and, and it was none of them. Dave Hansen. Yeah, Dave Hansen. Yeah, it wasn't Dave. It wasn't him either. But anyway, this Dave and I were were bow hunting elk up in Taylor Fork, which has one of the highest concentrations of grizzlies per capita of anywhere. It's just north of Yellowstone Park, and. You know, the times where we hunted, we never ran into a, a bear, but we saw a lot of bear sign. And and yet a year after, uh, fall after I had hunted there with Dave, uh, he took a friend, and a uh, guy was a surgeon, and, and they're hunting, and they called in a grizzly, and the guy, uh, the grizz charged his friend, started to maul wow. him. He, in fact, he ended up with a couple of... Uh, you know, I think a surgery or two. He had broken bones, and it was a bad deal. But my friend Dave had bear spray, and that that saved his life. Well, you know, you you have a lot better chance of uh, surviving if you've got a couple of you. So, whatever you do, if you're in bear country, even mountain lion country, boy, think twice before you fly fish alone. Uh, having two, having a friend with you, or or even three, is sure a lot better. Than Reminds one. me, last fall we were walking back on the Yellowstone. We were back mm-hmm. already about a mile, mile and a half, two miles off the trail, and we ran into that young man who had been at a conference in Billings. Yeah, And had right. just buzzed up for the day and decided to mm-hmm. go hiking. Yeah, mm-hmm. He had, well, he had no gear. He was wearing tennis shoes. Right. He was alone. Mm-hmm. He had no backpack, no water. I right. was like, no Goodness. idea. No yeah. idea. Ignorance is bliss until until yeah. you get attacked. So yeah. I I was I was a little worried for him. Oh, I think I he know. made it back safely. I hope he yeah. But that whole did. story about bear spray really does bring us back to the final point, which is really important. Learn to use bear spray. You have to. You and just it's have kind of to. expensive. If you're going on a fly fishing trip <clears throat> out to Montana, you got to pop <clears throat> into one of the uh, stores or fly. Does, does the fly, do the fly fishing shops have bear spray? You know, I've it never seems, seen it there. It seems like some of them do now. I, I know some of the ones in West Yellowstone do. There's that um, Sportsman Warehouse that yeah, we go to. Yeah, they and, do. It seems like I always get it at Bob Ward's yeah. or yeah, Sportsman's Warehouse but, or somewhere. But you really need to purchase it, and you have yeah, to do it do. there because you can't take it on the plane No, back. that's a thing. So you have to find a way to... Because uh, it can last, what, for three or four years. I think some of them now are at five Maybe years. at five. So we have friends we can leave them with. But uh, but you have to pay for it. What is it, 49 yeah. 69 depending on the yeah. holster that you F- have? 50 to $65. Yeah. Bucks. So it's not cheap. No. But I, really, never fly fish or hike no. in grizzly bear country without it. And Absolutely. And you mentioned the UDAP uh, spray that was developed by a guy uh, by the name of Matt. Mark Matheny, yeah. right? Mark Matheny, Mark Matheny and Bozeman. Bozeman, yeah. He's the survivor of a grizzly bear attack, and you can read his story on the UDAP 
website. He was bow hunting northwest of Yellowstone National Park. When, yeah, he doesn't say where, but it makes me wonder if it was Taylor Fork boy, or some wonder. area like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that could yeah. definitely be true. Yeah. He was attacked by a sow with a couple cubs, and his friend uh, had read about pepper spray being a possible deterrent, and he had brought a canister of, quote, karate in a can <laughs> that was designed for urban use. Yeah. And to ward off to humans. To ward off humans, yeah, if and you're being a, attacked. And that's a much lower dose than this uh, new commercial bear spray yeah. that he the sh- developed. The short yeah. of it is is that he was attacked and it worked. Yeah. The pepper spray worked. So Matheny, after surviving his attack, being the entrepreneur that he oh, is, man. Yeah. came up with a, his own blend of, uh, of that's a lot more powerful and designed specifically for bears. Yeah. So... It's one of the most oh, basic man. and elemental things that you can that you can oh. add to your to your trip if you're yep. going to hunt, fish, fly fish, or hike in the in the backcountry, you know, in Montana or, it or really, Wyoming. It really is, and you've got to carry it in a holster, not in your pack. So if you're if you're backpacking, you, you've got to strap it to your side. You use yeah. it your belt. If you're fly fishing, we always do this. It's uh, you know, it's on our wading belt. It's it's right there. It's not going to do you any good if it's in your pack because it's unbelievable how fast bears can charge. I really like, especially when we have our wading staff. We have our wading staff that's on the right hand side. I'd like to mm. keep that holster, the <clears throat> bear spray holster, yep. uh, right almost. Uh, over my groin so it's mm-hmm. almost like those old westerns that used oh, to have yeah. it done mm-hmm. uh, not yeah. not the holster on the side but right in right. front of them mm-hmm. because it allows you to grab it quickly and there just can't be any ambiguity about wh- where that holster is i mean we we just read a story didn't we about a month ago and this is in april uh, a 17 year old boy was attacked by a bear not far from his family's cabin was about 30 miles south of Venice. Really, we, we fly fish the Madison in that area. And he was looking for, uh, he was looking for shed antlers, kind of one of the things that, that you do in the spring if you live in the west. And he's walking downhill, and he heard a noise behind him, and he saw a bear charging. And Dave, didn't the article say it happened so fast he couldn't deploy his yeah, bear spray yeah. at that moment? The bear pushed him against a tree, pinned him to the ground. Man. Yeah. And this is what's amazing. While face down, yeah. he's underneath yeah. the bear. This 17-year-old boy reaches over his shoulder <laughs> and sprays the bear with bear spray. Man, that is amazing. And, and then he walked out, and he escaped with minor injuries. Wow. So th- this is, uh, I mean, th- this is good stuff. It's it's not, you know, it's not foolproof, but, you know, every story we've heard, I mean, this stuff really works. Let's talk just a moment here about, the mythic American male who always would say, I'd rather have a 44 Magnum than bear spray. So would you rather have a 44 Magnum than bear spray? And Ab- why? Absolutely not. No way. And, and here's why. First of all, uh, a couple well-placed bullets won't always put down a bear instantly. Uh, so it, it's not a guarantee. Even if you hit him in the right place, which you may not, uh, you still may have a, a bear, you know, on top of you and you know, mauling and killing you before it dies. And yes, that's even with a 44 Magnum. But here's an even bigger reason: if your friend is being attacked, well, good luck with that. You know, you could shoot your friend instead of the bear. And I, I think about my friend Dave, who 
who was able to save the life of his surgeon friend because he had bear spray. There's no way he's going to, you know, start firing with a 44 Magnum as this bears on yeah. top of his friend. I mean, that's just plain stupid. So, yeah, I, you know, those who, who say, well, you know, I, I want a 44 Magnum. Well, you're just silly. Yeah, it, it really just, is. I, I have no respect for that. <clears throat> All that is is what is it machismo is that yeah, how you say it yeah it's silly right yeah, yeah it really no, i'd rather is. have a bear spray and a 44 well whatever yeah. right no. but use the bear spray uh the data all tends towards bear spray as being the only way hey <clears throat> well how many times have you hunted i've hunted through the years and i remember shooting a goose once that i shot it i knew i had hit that thing it was a mm -hmm. big big goose yeah and mm -hmm. i saw it glide over a heel so i had to mm -hmm. walk about three quarters of a mile to get the goose mm -hmm. when i yeah. got there it was completely dead and when i opened it up it i'd, I'd hit its heart and obliterated yeah. its heart so that thing had flown almost another mile after being oh, hit yeah. in the heart it happens all yeah. the time with deer yeah it really does lung shot will be quicker but you, know, you hit a deer in the heart it, it can go a while so Wow, don't think that, uh, yeah, by hitting a grizzly in the heart or in the, the brain or whatever is just going to stop in its tracks. Yeah, maybe if you, you hit the spine, but uh, yeah, bear spray is, is such a, a better option in, in most circumstances. I yeah, realize sure there, there's, there's that, that right. one out of 99 you know, exceptions, but overall, you're, you're a lot better with uh, bear spray. So what about bear spray for mountain lions? Man, that is a great point because I think UDAP and some of the other manufacturers of bear spray say, hey, this is just for bears. But I, I thought it was interesting, the Montana Fish, uh, I'm sorry, the Montana Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks uh, had a biologist who used bear spray to successfully turn away an attacking lion. Huh. And I don't know if there's been any other instances of that, but it, it does seem to suggest, it makes sense, that that could work with uh, an attacking lion. So, yeah. I, I, I read but. once, I think on the UDAP site, where they, they one, they make no promises about right. you know, mm -hmm. uh, its effectiveness against other animals, but that somebody had done it also with, <laughs> with bison. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you think about how potent that is. I, I don't know why another mammal would be able to, uh, you know, breathe that wicked pepper spray any more than, uh, uh, you know, a, yeah. a, a, a grizzly yeah. could. Maybe it's possible, but yeah, the stuff's pretty potent. And, and by the way, it's 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 a lot stronger than your karate in a can or your standard mace that you might use on a human being. So. Man, don't skimp on that. Pay the 50, 60 bucks if, if you can't take it with you. Well, you might go out and practice, discharge it before you leave for your trip. I mean, that's not a bad thing, too, to practice using it. So yeah. uh, you know Maybe how it works. Maybe get two cans and yeah. practice it. Yeah. They always say that you should have a garbage bag yeah. and grab it, you know, put the put your arm into the garbage bag yeah. and then grab it at the end and then do it because it the stuff is so wicked yeah it and is it will stay with you for the rest of the right. day that you do not want to be touching yeah. anything of course you have to make sure you're downwind yep. and not upwind yeah no yeah. kidding <laughs> but yeah practicing could be good so if you're thinking well i'm not gonna pay well, 50 no 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 you need to be upwind and not downwind. Yeah. Sorry yes, about that. That's, Needed that's to correct right. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. My goodness. All right. Or we'll get sued yeah, by somebody. Exactly. We'll get sued or you want by to be somebody. upwind of, yes. of that spray. Yeah. No kidding. But don't say, well, I, I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for something. I'm here for three or four days and then I have to get rid of it. No. 
invest the money. If you don't have to use it, hopefully you never will. Uh, well, then practice with it and throw the, the canister uh, away. By the way, when you're using that too, you, you point it down. Uh, you want that cloud to, to be on the ground up. It'll, it'll create a big enough cloud that it'll, you know, it'll be five, six feet or so off the ground. But uh, you want to make sure that it's, it's on the ground as well because you can have an animal who's got their nose to the ground. And if, if you shoot that thing up and your cloud starts two feet off the ground, it may not work yeah. as well. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've never had to use our bear spray. Nope. Hope we never do, but uh, but we have it just in case. Yep. So anyway, remember that fly fishing where grizzlies and mountain lions live is going to require some precautions. You've got to take those and, and uh, make sure that bear spray is one of them. All right. Time for great stuff from our listeners. By far, our most popular piece over the years has been another safety-related issue, uh, the Ten Commandments of Waiting. I wish I had written that piece, but uh, you wrote that piece. That was well, a tremendous, yeah. tremendous I, article. I wrote it, but I I borrowed the content. I think I gave credit to uh, uh, one of my fly fishing mentors, Dwayne Dunham. He he used that. Uh, I don't know if he had ten, but several of those were were in a handout that he used to give a community college in Oregon where he taught fly fishing and. So anyway, yeah, that, that's got a lot of interest. And uh, even though we posted it three years ago, once in a while a comment will show up. And here's one that showed up a couple weeks ago. It's from Mike. He said, 11th commandment, no fish hooked is worth following downstream like a madman. <laughs> that is, maybe Isn't that, that should good? be number one. I know it. And you told a story about that in a previous podcast, didn't you, Dave? Not to not to rub it in, but uh, <laughs> but hey, I've done that too, man. I'm gonna race down this river. I'm not gonna let that fish go. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mike's right. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Well, I, Don't I, do I it. almost felt that way about that Hebgen Lake rainbow mm. that I pulled in a couple of years mm -hmm. ago. That was so big, one of the bigger fish yeah. I've ever caught. It was so heavy. I think I went down about 75 yards. You did, but you weren't running like a madman. No, I wasn't running like a madman. For that. And I wasn't running in I wasn't running in the water either. In other words, I wasn't going yeah. deeper into the into the current, so. Exactly. Well, our final segment in today's podcast is hook set. Uh, this is where we set the proverbial hook and wrap up our podcast by sharing a quote that we will uh, reflect on it uh, for just a couple of minutes. And this quote comes from John Velker. He's the author of Testament of a Fisherman, and he lived from 1903 to 1991, and this is what he wrote. He said, I fish because I love to, because I love the environs where trout are found, which are invariably beautiful. Only in the woods can I find solitude without loneliness. That is so awesome. That I is like, a great quote. I like that last line, solitude without loneliness. They're different things, aren't they? Completely different things. You can be by yourself and you can be lonely, or it, it can be uh, solitude. And, and there is something about uh, yeah, the, the beautiful places where we fish for trout that really do lend themselves to solitude, kind of that alone time that really refreshes you and, and, and wants to make you go back and interact with people. You know, I find when I fish with you, I'm often lonely. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. <clears throat> yeah, because you're sitting there taking five minutes to 
to tie 13 flies on your Euro nymphing rig. Okay, I exaggerate, but hey, I want to fish. <clears throat> uh, maybe I could bring a book along while you're sitting there tying all your stuff on. <laughs> oh my, that was oh, fun. Yeah, no, I sorry, got my dander up there. I'm, I'm getting a little, uh, a little bitter. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's right, a little bitter. <laughs> Criticizing me for running way ahead. Oh man. Oh, oh gosh! Goodness. Well, I think that better do it for yep. today. What a great quote. We we kind of ruined it. Yes, with we our, did. Sorry about that. We digressed a bit, but uh, hey, we hope you can find solitude without being lonely, like Dave often is. <laughs> oh my! Hey, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson, and I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys in a river for the love of fly fishing. Mm-hmm.